Hello, I'm Brittany Wilson. I'm Nia Wasink, and you're listening to The The Nonprofit Nonprofit Reframe. Reframe. Together, Nia and I have over 30 years of nonprofit experience. We've worked the program side, the business side, and everything in between. We are reframing the nonprofit experience by challenging the status quo, because we know that nonprofits and their staff are undervalued, under-resourced, and unrelenting. Welcome back to the Nonprofit Reframe. I, I want to say happy Monday because that's what I normally say, but it doesn't feel like a happy Monday. It's it's a Monday. It's a heavy Monday. It's a heavy Monday. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's Monday, June 1st. And there's a lot of shit going on in our country right now. Yeah, yeah. A lot. You know, right before we hit record, you asked how I was feeling and I said scared. And I think I'm feeling this weight of wanting to use our platform to to do good um, with everything that's happening. Also feeling ill-equipped to do that. Yeah. And also just that it's so heavy and raw that I don't know that I'm going to be productive. Yeah. Well, I go back to this place of, you know, we really envisioned this podcast being, being as if you were sitting in a living room with us having a conversation, right? So we're just going to be as real as we are and um let go of any anxieties about um not being able to quote unquote perform <laughs> I like that you speak that into being we're just going to let go of anxieties damn if my therapist had just told me to do that I could have saved you so a lot better. of money <laughs> just let go of it <laughs> see you should just be talking to me <laughs> so much cheaper. Yeah. Well, so today, um, we are also talking about cultural disruption within your organization. And it came, um, because it came to me, it was my idea for today's episode because, I was chatting with this resource team that I'm a part of, and uh, we were talking about when speaking to nonprofits right now, making sure to take the time to check in. So even if that's not the point of your conversation or your point of your call with them, recognizing that you know everything is a bit chaotic and just take the opportunity since you're already talking to them to check in see how they're doing um because a lot of organizations and maybe yours is too is struggling right now with what are the culture dynamics playing out right and i think when you originally brought this up we were mostly just talking about you know people working from home shifting programs. And I think now we have this added level of like, if you have people of color on your staff, somebody needs to be checking in with them. It's important to think about who that is and 
what level of conversation they can have, but some somebody needs to be checking in because it can't yeah. be business as usual. And if you don't have people of color on your staff, we should talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's an issue. Exactly. But like, I mean, I think it's it's even harder now because you can't, like, you don't walk down the hall past your black colleague and you can just pop your head in and be like, hey, you need anything? You doing all right? You know, a lot of it ends up feeling like much more business as usual. You're right. A lot of the conversations that I have now, um, because you don't have that opportunity, like you're saying, to pop your head into some, you know, into someone's office or that water cooler talk at the office. <laughs> Right? That's a thing. That's a thing. It, it's it's totally a thing from 90s sitcoms. Well, we, <laughs> at my office, we actually have a water cooler. I know you do. <laughs> and it's in the kitchen. And that's where a lot of conversations happen. But those yeah, are where the is. conversations happen that are like, how is your weekend? How are you doing? How's your family doing? And sometimes uh, I think that this is a prime time where th- those conversations can be lost. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, like having to make that intentional can be really hard because it happens so naturally when you are physically in space together. And now it's like creating that can, I I, I think the, the risk is it can feel artificial. Absolutely. But by not doing it at all, what's the risk? Oh gosh. I, you know, what I'm hearing from a lot of clients actually is that just there's higher levels of conflict. Right. Um, and part of that is miscommunication, right? When you are, when you have deeper relationships with each other, you, part of it is even just like picking up on the nuances, the sarcasm, the, the little quips here and there because you know each other better. Um, but you also can kind of give people a little bit more space. You're like, ah, she told me that she didn't sleep last night because X, Y, and Z happened. I'm going to give her a, a little grace today. But when we don't have those opportunities, it, it can feel like an attack and a front. And so things just escalate so much more quickly. Yeah. Um, and you don't have the, even the casual opportunities to talk about important work things too. Like it, it's all kind of structured in meetings. And, and so you're missing those quick, like, Hey, can I get your thought on this? Hey, can you help me brainstorm this? Yeah. That's such good points. Well, what do they say that our, um, body language is 85% of what we're saying? Yeah. I mean, I made yeah. that, I made that stat up, but I think it's something, it's close. <laughs> it's close. Hashtag fake nose. <laughs> yeah. So you're right. We are totally missing out on all that. And even if you do have the opportunity to video conference, come on, I'm definitely, I'm pretty stoic in a video conference. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I chair a committee you sit on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's just different when you're not in person. Yeah. Well, and I I think like, especially with my humor, it's a lot of like little quips and things. And you just hold off on video conference because you end up talking over each other or whatever. I mean, I spend so much more time muted than I ever would in real life. And so, yeah, I, I think we have relationships that are struggling right now between staff members. Um, and then you add everything that's happening right now. And I think it, I think this week especially is just going to be really telling for 
organizations who are able to really support their staff who are people of color, really check in, um, and also put out some real strong statements to their community. I loved your post that, today, by the way, on Facebook. Which one? <laughs> the one that said, if you're struggling to find the perfect words and you're writing and rewriting and editing and scared that you're going to say something wrong and then you don't say it to just, it's important to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I've spent most of my morning doing that with clients of like encouraging them to put out a statement right now, because we are most certainly at the point where if you are not talking about what's happening, uh, you're complicit. Yeah. Right. You're part of the problem. Um, and so, you know, any human services organization, I think we can very easily show where racism is impacting your clients, um, where policies are impacting your clients. So like put out a statement about that. Um, but you know, racism has built so many systems in America that I think just about every organization can do that. Um, and so you gotta, you gotta put something out there. We need every single nonprofit saying Black Lives Matter, saying this is not okay. We cannot keep allowing the murder of black people in our country. Yep. Yep. It's, yeah, it's heavy. It's heavy. And so, I mean, I think this is also just an opportunity to raise awareness about how this is weighing on people, how each person is choosing to interact or not interact with what's happening and that that could then affect your day-to-day interactions with them, particularly in this, for a lot of us, new environment of working remotely. Yeah. Actually, uh, the, I was talking to a client last week and we were, we were talking about some of these things. Like you have people of color on your staff and they are most certainly impacted right now. Um, and so it's important that you're, you know, gentle and supportive and empathetic. And uh, a board member, again, very well-intentioned, was like, should we call each of them? And I was like, no, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> that is not going to feel supportive right now. <laughs> Can you imagine being a person of color and just some random white board member calling and be like, hey, you want to talk? <laughs> no, thank you. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, what are other areas that you've heard your clients talk about kind of in, on a broader level of how this move, you know, going into quarantine, moving to remote offices and having to, um, you know, stay remote. Now we're going on what, two months now, two plus months. And granted, I want to fully acknowledge there's some people out there that have been doing it, that they always work remote, you know, and, and it would be interesting to kind of learn or hear from them of what tools they use to create um, an inclusive culture within the organization that's, you know, creating a team, you know, how do you still build that team while everybody is separate? I imagine, um, and from my personal experience, if you don't already have a strong organizational culture, um, going into this, this is going to be an even harder time 
to try to create it. Oh, totally. Well, I think you bring up some interesting points there about, you know, what different folks are experiencing. I have a number of clients where um, they, they've really been split, actually. We're like, program staff have had to remain on site because programs had to be delivered and admin staff are at home. Um, and so, you know, we've talked before about like the silos between those, how much more significant now when you've got some folks kind of continuing in the trenches, um, putting themselves in danger Yep. and others now at home and dealing with all the dynamics of that. Like, I'm not saying that either is easy, but it just creates a greater divide. Yes. Um, and so exactly what you said, like if you didn't have a strong organizational culture going into this, if you didn't have good rapport between your staff, you're probably pretty fucked right now. <laughs> <laughs> Way to lay it out there. It's so true though. It's so true. And you know, there's all of these different tactics that um, different organizations are employing like uh, virtual happy hours or, I mean, I think I said this in a past episode that we did that, you know, one nice thing has been um, for my organization, we've been able to have these all staff meetings every week that normally all the staff couldn't attend because programs mm -hmm. were running and they were in the programs and couldn't leave. But for the first um, two months when we halted that programming, for the first time we had everybody together. Now it was all on a virtual call, but it was still nice to be able to see people's face, hear from people, have their voice at the table that's normally not there. Um, but again, we just talked about it. It's not the same as being in person. And so what are some other ideas that you've heard people do, um, to try to bring their staff together? Uh, for those of you who can't see my face, so everybody but Brittany, I just made a little wincy face because I mean, quite frankly, I'm not hearing a lot of innovative things. Yeah. Like I think... I, in a few episodes ago, we were talking about like all these amazing innovations happening in nonprofits. And so much of that has been like, just to survive. Like, how do we ensure that our programs continue? How do we ensure we have the fundraising that's needed? And I feel like the, the staff stuff has really been put on the back burner. Yeah. Like we have no more creative space <laughs> to figure out how to do this kind of stuff. I'm just trying to survive here. Right. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, um, and even with boards, like I'm seeing the same sort of thing. It's like, okay, we, we now know how to use Zoom. We we're pretty excited that we're all using the raise hand feature properly to vote, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> but like, that's kind of, that's kind of the it. <laughs> There's not much going on. One thing we did, um, not that it was a huge success, but it helped is we created a, uh, private Facebook group just for our staff. Oh, nice. And then we've used that as a place. It's mostly been a place to collect memes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, just a place for humor and levity and, um, yeah, to have a laugh. Actually, now that you say that, I, I have heard of some other organizations doing that or starting a Slack channel. Um, so, you know, they've got ones for their various projects or teams, but then they've added like a humor Slack channel. Nice. Of just memes or funny things cats. that they're seeing in the world. Cats, lots of cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's a really hard time to be a nonprofit leader. I mean, that's an understatement, but it's a really hard time right now to be a nonprofit leader. And, 
you know, how do you keep leading remotely, separately, um, but still feel like everybody's working towards the same goal and playing for the same team, right? Because that's where those divides happen is, well, why do I have to do this, but this person doesn't have to? Oh, totally. I mean, how often have you heard of like somebody going remote and then it's like, well, I don't even know if they're doing their job anymore. Like what are even, are they doing each week? Like those kind of comments could happen so frequently right now if you don't have good trust with your team and also empathy and understanding like this shit is so hard right now. Yeah. Come on. I know. Well, it's almost humorous to think about. Yeah. You're like, oh, uh, Sally Sue's working from home today, working from home in quotes. (laughs) And now it's like, we're all working from home. Yes, we are working from home. (laughs) Oh, totally. Oh, you actually do have to still work. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the bummer in it all, isn't it? (laughs) I was saying to my husband uh, this weekend who... Has been home and awake a grand total of like six hours in the last few days. Oh my! Um, so I mean, he's pretty exhausted. I'm pretty exhausted, and it was like, so you know, these people who are independently wealthy, how do we, how do we get that? How can we just like quit our jobs and not do any of this? I mean, I'm always saying, man, I went into the wrong job market, into the wrong industry. Yeah. Yeah. I like to go buy really big houses and go, what do you think they do? (laughs) (laughs) Which in Boulder is like every other house. A dime a dozen, yeah. yeah. This whole street, what does this whole street do for a living? I don't understand. How did our conversation about organizational culture shift to us quitting our jobs and becoming independently (laughs) wealthy? See? This is the real. These are the realities. This is our mindset. <laughs> Hence, why we have to call it out. Because if we're thinking it, odds are you're thinking it too. So, for all of the other tired, exhausted, disconnected folks out there, we hear you. We really do, and we see you. If you have somehow still manage to maintain some spark of creativity in your bandwidth, um, your everyday life bandwidth, mine's gone. Oh yeah. Well done to you. Yeah. Well done to you and share that with us. We would like to know what are some of the things that you're doing within your organization to bring your teams together, to unite while everybody is working separately um, so that we can then post that and share it with others. Yeah, that's a great idea. You know, I've also seen organizations doing like little tokens of gratitude, mm-hmm. uh, which is less about developing trust within a team, but I think still helps um, people feel valued in their job, which is also part of culture. Um, I had one organization where early on before like shutdowns happened um, and quarantine, but just as like things were starting to get real crazy. Um their board bought every staff member a roll of toilet paper and a gift card to a local grocery store. Oh, and I thought it was cute. It had a little humor in it because you know the toilet paper shortage sure. was starting. Um, 
And then what's been really neat, though, is to see how they've continued to support them throughout this. So they closed down and immediately came out with a statement saying, we will continue to pay you. They did regular check-ins. Board members kind of rotated who was going to attend a staff meeting just to let them know that they're thinking of them. Um, and so I, I thought they just did such a lovely job. And so then when it came time to reopen, they already had a better bond than probably when this started. Absolutely. I mean, I think having the board support the leadership right now is paramount um, because the weight of the stress the weight of the unknown, uh, which we're going to talk about in our next episode, how to predict an unpredictable future, um, is so heavy on leadership, um, especially on CEOs, EDs of, you know, I, it's on me, it's on me. I got to make sure that, you know, my staff keeps their job and we keep serving our community and we keep acting in the best interest of our mission. And we, you know, don't end up, you know, pulling too much money out of our reserves or not, or you know, whatever the million different scenarios that there are. And that filters down. I mean, as, as much as you want to say, like, I'm taking it for everybody else and nobody else has to feel it. People can feel that you're feeling it. And and so I think anything that the board can do to help shoulder some of that burden for the CEO and just support them and trust them, um, that then will hopefully lift some of it at the top so that the people, everybody else doesn't feel the strain. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I, I think you bring up an interesting point there too about, you know, when to shoulder that burden and when to be vulnerable. Right. Like I think as leaders, that's something that is always a struggle to know when to do which. Um, I was, I was on a call with a colleague last week and she said, gosh, Nia, you are always just so positive. And it really took me aback because I was feeling so shitty in the moment. You're like, no, I'm not. Well, and I, I, I actually came back to her and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be honest. Here's where I'm at today. Uh, and, and I think she really appreciated it actually. Like I didn't have to be stoic with her. I didn't need to pretend like I had all the answers. I could just say like, here's where I'm at. And it's, it's not a great place. Yeah. Um, and, and it's hard to know when you can do that and when you can't. Yeah. Right. There are definitely times where I need to be like, nope, I, we are ready to go. I got some answers for you. We are going to problem solve this. Let's go. Rah, rah. And sometimes I just can't do it. Yeah. Know when to hold them, know when to fold them. I don't know. Does that work for that? I mean, I, I guess. <laughs> if emotions are a game of poker. Hey, I'm doing the best I can here, Nia. <laughs> we, we're not going to hit on your cliche mix-ups too much today. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, um, that's that. <laughs> I wish I had more to say, but it's like, I don't know when any of this is going to change. It probably isn't. And so we just got to keep evolving and adapting as we go. Yeah. I, I think our takeaways, which is usually what you I know. I was like, a, we're out. 
<laughs> I think some of our takeaways are more like reach out, stay connected, stay connected beyond just the work. Um, try to find new and interesting ways to do that. Um, and especially right now, make sure that your people of color know that they're supported and also that they have the space yeah. to do whatever they need to do. Um, I, I think I want to just say on behalf of the nonprofit reframe team, how I don't even know what I want to say, um, except that we're, we're with you. Yep. We're standing in solidarity. We're going to continue to use our platform to call out white supremacy, racism, whenever and wherever we see them. And it is all over nonprofits. Um, and, uh, you know, we can't even say we'll get through this together because truthfully, some people will not get through this and that that's what we're fighting about. Well, one thing that we can plug right now is that we're going to have an amazing episode next week. No, we are. No. I don't think so. So this one will air next week. Yeah. And then another... Which they're, they're listening to it in the present, which is next week to our present. Yes, yep. exactly. And then we have a special one the week after. No, we don't. We don't. No. Just kidding. It, it'll be after that. In two weeks. <laughs> Maybe. Oh my gosh. Maybe we'll splice this part out. <laughs> uh, we just need to like put a warning on every time that you try to announce something that it's probably not quite right. <laughs> Just because I'm not do I'm getting mixed up on the dates. Well, yeah, you, you really like to announce things before I'm ready to announce them. <laughs> oh, well, I'm just excited. It's an exciting time at the nonprofit reframe. I'm excited. We too. do, ha- we do have some really fun things, um, on the books this month. I don't know when you'll hear about it, but it'll be soon, and uh, it'll still be addressing a lot of the stuff that we're talking about today. Absolutely. And before we go, I want to make sure that we acknowledge and say, Happy Pride Month! Yay! Happy Pride Month! It's June 1st. Where is your rainbow flag? Because mine is hanging in front of my house. Mine's hanging in front of mine. All right. And just to continue the tone of being a bit of a downer, the people most at risk right now are trans women of color. So let's make sure that we're really keeping it real as we celebrate pride. (laughs) And let's recognize why we're celebrating Pride Month, standing up in solidarity with the LGBTQ community. Right. Uh, And I think it's important to note, too, a lot of folks, especially straight folks who are allies, think that Pride Month is because, like, they've arrived, they've achieved equality, and that is not the case. (laughs) There is still so much work to be done. This month is not just about visibility, but advocacy. And so we continue to stand with our LGBTQ community um, and pushing for greater equality and equity for all. If you are in a position and you have capacity right now, please consider to supporting your local nonprofits. Um, Give and give generously. Now's the time. And give to your local nonprofits run by people of color. They really, really, really need our support right now. All right. Thanks so much. Bye. 
We would like to thank our sponsors. Mission Launch is a Colorado-based nonprofit consulting firm focusing on fundraising and board governance. You can learn more at missionlaunchco.com. And Jake Walker Music, who provides our theme music. You can find him at jakewalkermusic.org. Thank you so much.